Hello and welcome back to Red Lips and High Kicks with me, Lydia Holt. Thank you for joining me for the third episode. It's very exciting. And if you've been tuning into the first and second episode, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's always great to see how you guys react to an episode and it's been so lovely to see the reaction from Joe's episode and those people who have been spreading the word and just sharing the enjoyment. It really means the world to me and I will continue to kind of do you proud and hopefully get this message out and and to create more good stuff really because I'm really enjoying it and it's building me with courage because you guys seem to be enjoying it. Anyway, in today's episode I talked to Jess Bennett, a dancer at Le Crazy Horse in Paris. If you don't know Crazy Horse, it is a cabaret show that has been going on since the 50s. It's one of the oldest ones in the world and it is just where like sexy exists. It's where these girls are iconic and they are sensual and sexy and just everything a woman should be in the most glorified, celebrated way. So it was so lovely to talk to her and kind of understand actually what goes in to doing what she does because you know, you don't just wake up and and ooh, sexiness, God, wouldn't that be fantastic? But no, a lot of work goes in, and it was really interesting to talk to her. I don't think I'm alone when I say that I'm inherently not sexy. Like, I do not take myself too seriously. I'm always tripping up. You know, I wear bed socks and put pseudocreme on my face when I go to sleep. I would love to fall asleep in a little silky negligee, but I don't. I wear, like, scabby old t-shirts. So whenever I'm asked to be sexy or in a role like that, it's, it's very hard for me, and I have to really push myself and really kind of get out my comfort zone. And when I do that, I like to kind of not be Lydia. I'm to us the furthest thing away from Lydia. Uh, that's what kind of helps me. But it was interesting talking to Jess about kind of what gets her there and, and how, you know, night after night after night, how she finds that motivation and and, and how skilled it is. Because it really was. It, it's, it's remarkable talking to her about it. I read a really amazing story that made my day. It's a, a theatre in Barcelona. It's called the Le Sous Opera. I'm sorry for any Catalan listeners but um they're basically doing this concert of Puccini's Christotemi I know again pronunciation I probably should have gone on Google Translate but I don't think it would have sound any better my English accent butchers anything as lyrical as that but basically this concert is being done to over 2,000 plants they're putting all these plants in the auditorium and they're live streaming the concert, which I just thought was so amazing because not only I think makes the experience a lot nicer for the artists is that they're looking out and not seeing empty seats, but seeing these plants. I think it'll be really interesting now the football's back and if there are any dancers out there doing live streams, kind of how they react to an empty auditorium. It must be very, very difficult. So I think having those plants there must make the artist's experience a little bit nicer. But it's also supposed to kind of resemble the way that now everyone's kind of gone home. No one are in these public places that kind of nature is creeping back and nature is re-establishing itself kind of where it was all along and where it really should be. So I think it's a very clever idea. And what's even nicer is they're actually donating all these plants to the health workers in Spain. So they get a kind of a little piece of this to take away with them, which I think is a very generous thing and just a, a really charming initiative. Uh, so that made my day a little bit nicer. But anyway, I'm going to do my weekly plug. Please like, please subscribe, please leave a rating. It means so much and really helps our visibility and and for me to kind of further the cause, really. Uh, like I said at the start, you guys have been so, so good. So please keep it going. Uh, it means so much to me and I'm excited for everything that's to come. I've got weeks of um, episodes in store for you guys and each time I do it, I can't wait to see your reaction. So please let me know how you like this episode. I think it's great and Jess was such a baby for talking to me. But have a great day and stay excellent. Hi Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so lucky to have you. How are Hi. you getting on? 
Hi, I'm very good, thank you. So thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm getting on well. It's kind of coming to the end of the lockdown. So um, looking forward to getting back out there. Yeah, it's been far too long. And what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? What does your normal day look like? If you weren't chatting to me, what would you be up to? Um, I would usually do a workout kind of early-ish. I don't wake up too early, but <laughs> probably before um, before lunch, I'd get up and do a workout and get that out of the way. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the rest of it is done by like class planning because I've been teaching lots of yoga and fitness classes online um talking to friends and family abroad um (laughs) watching Netflix like everyone else um but yeah like um a lot of time actually goes into the class planning and with um we've been doing classes dance fun dance classes every Saturday with a crazy horse and making them as fun as possible and we do like little intro videos and performances and all sorts with my friend that I was in lockdown with so yeah it's taken up a lot of time (laughs) good no it's good and it's it's funny what kind of things you get up to when you have all the time in the world I think it's so interesting that there's this sort of a huge rise in banana bread and tie-dye and quizzing and it's just so yeah it's so interesting seeing people's patterns it, it is I think some things some crazy things have come up out of it yeah some really, really positive stuff has come out of it mm. as well so um no for me it's been an overall really positive experience good that's really it's, it's refreshing to hear <laughs> so you work at crazy horse and have done for nine years can you tell us how you got there yep um it was a friend of mine that took me to the crazy horse paris show when i was in i think i was in my last year at college i was at um, lane theater arts which is a, a professional performing arts college in epsom in surrey um and i saw the show and i absolutely loved it i've never seen anything like that before i'd heard but not seen about moulin rouge and lido which are like two other typical Parisian cabarets but in England obviously we have nothing like this and even actually in the like the world there's nothing really like a crazy horse and I just saw the the show and I absolutely fell in love with it I thought the girls were beautiful I really loved the way kind of married the the beauty of like the female form the body with all the technical parts of it such as like the lighting and the projections working with the body as a canvas and just just everything like the technical dance with the technical lighting and stuff and I just mm. thought it was incredible so I kind of then made it my my dream to be part <laughs> of that show so I went back to college and worked really hard with that in mind um, and I did a first audition whilst I was still in college they said they really liked me but they didn't really have any space which actually happens really often um so they kind of put me on the books and then I went back to audition a second time it was the same story and then finally like on the third time um they accepted me so I um they said oh like you start in a couple of weeks so there I was I was had to go to Paris and started my my dream job so obviously I was really ecstatic about that yeah and I love that and that's a a good example of kind of what the dance world is like that no really never means no and actually it does take a few times for them just to find your place was there ever Mm. like did you doubt yourself did you kind of lose your your kind of gusto and motivation for it when you were waiting around uh yeah because you kind of almost forget 
because it's like year as it was a year between every time mm. that I went back um, I never lost the drive and the motivation to be part of that team and part of that show because I knew that I corresponded to what they were looking for like yeah. I'd seen the dancers on st- on stage I knew like what the what the your measurements had to be and all that and I knew I fitted in mm. and so just that kind of gave me the confidence every time to like write that email and to call them up yeah, and to kind yeah. of hassle them about it obviously you do get carried away like um I was doing a year after college I did a year of, like freelancing in London when I was just doing all sorts of jobs and also working and like bars and restaurants and nightclubs mm. and stuff to earn some money and you kind of do get disconnected from it sometimes but I really wanted it so and I knew that I like had what it takes to be part of it so yeah I just kept pushing um despite the other kind of real life let's say yeah yeah getting in sometimes no and it is and I think sometimes once you if you see yourself somewhere it becomes such a goal and that's like definitely how I feel with my job at the moment that it's that like if you just you just know you're right and there's such there is like some real worth in fitting in that's not something that you find lightly and once you have you've got that and you can picture yourself there like it's such Mm. a goal it's such a fire and it's amazing that you felt that Mm. from looking at it yeah and it's also about setting realistic goals I mean Mm. I knew for example that I couldn't be part of the Lido I did actually audition for the Lido but I'm too small for the Lido Mm. um crazy horse um height is the height range is, is smaller than the Lido one but obviously I mean in the dancer's life you do have to set realistic goals don't if your dream is to work at Lido but you're only one meter 70 like you need to reassess because it's just it's not like it's I mean they sometimes like maybe one in a million would take someone who's like 172 Mm. um centimeters so I'm talking I'm not talking I'm not feet here but um (laughs) in in, in Europe is always centimeters Mm. um but yeah so you have to know your body and like your mind by heart you know know what they're looking for and ask yourself honestly do you fit into that kind of place and Mm. like if you if you do like I had to say to myself like look I'm not I'm never going to be at that those extra center few centimeters taller so so like it's not about giving up it's just about being honest with yourself Mm. and not just wasting energy going for things that you actually aren't suitable for yeah no I love that and it's and I that's something I've had to really address as well and it's it's just about I think being smart isn't it because you can kind of exhaust yourself and cause a lot of unnecessary suffering by trying to be something you're not and it's so it is a really like tough pill to swallow don't get me wrong it's not like you just wake up one morning and like yeah cool I'm okay with that but once you kind of have accepted that you can then go to your go to like reach your full potential and actually go with your strengths go with your strengths yeah. and see what you actually can do and yeah it's it is tough but it it's about you know being smart and you've got to do that as a dancer today yeah and you have to that's kind of part of college's job as well you have because it's one hard part of it when you're younger it's actually knowing what your strengths are yes, yes we true. do we're so kind of um broadly trained in England um mm. in compared to France for example and they they're more much more specific with their training like we do everything we're really multi triple yeah. threat um as they say in in England so you've you ever we've grown up doing ballet tap modern mm. jazz mm. singing um drama everything so it's hard like you like doing so many things but do like 
is there one thing that you excel at like what yeah, do you actually yeah. really love doing like what's your body type there's so many different mm, so elements true. that come in that you have to try and think about it's not just like am I good at tap dancing okay I need to I'm going to be in 42nd street like yeah. that's I mean it's, it sounds if that if it was that simple and I mean yeah, sometimes it yeah. is, that's amazing but um sometimes a little bit more complex so yeah. it's hard when you're just first at college or coming out of college to know exactly where your yeah. strengths lie where your passions lie but it does like it does really pay off if you take time and yeah and go with your gut I guess yeah about. yeah exactly no and it's the same I feel like in the especially with classical ballet and so much of that and like I guess what you said already is is the physical stuff you can't change things about yourself you can't change your body chemistry the way you were made your genetic mm. code for goodness sake and if people no. actually have that sort of aesthetic and that ability and the strength and the facility then like they will do well and that's great for them but you've yeah it's about looking at yourself and going like, what can I do what can I bring to the table and and going with that and mm. firing yourself up for that yeah okay, that's really not interesting wasting time for jealousy as well because yeah. I mean not negative jealousy like in a horrible way mm. but just spending wasting time wishing that you were someone yeah. else oh, someone so else's true. body there's lots of yeah. like girls at college which had like um much less curvy body mm. than I have and I was always just like oh thinking wasting my energy thinking how lucky they were and how the you know they had amazing pointy feet and how I'd love mm. to have that it's just like just never going to happen you know that way mm. so um like pointy feet wise for example it's just <laughs> no it's no so point true, yeah. just wishing that you were that person because you yeah. could just be concentrating on other stuff so um yeah. yeah it's hard to do but I guess that's just part of yeah and obviously your job you guys are the epitome of sexy you are where like sensuality and seduction lives what is sexy for you like how do you express sexy when you're performing um I try as much as possible to just be myself (laughs) so it sounds strange Mm. um and I think actually other dancers would say the total opposite Mm. um because especially with our stage names, they give us stage names. So a lot of people, a lot of girls, dancers, um, say that having a stage name and that kind of alter ego helps get into it. Yeah, no, that was going to be my question, whether like it's easier to be yourself or put on an act. Um, I don't really think about that because I just don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. Thinking about that I'm not like trying to be someone else. I think what the audience want to see is all these different types of girls and we are I mean I know we look similar on stage mm. we seem similar but we're actually not it's just kind mm. of an illusion and um, they want to see different um, body types different hair different personalities so there's no point in trying to kind of be someone else or whatever just I just try and be myself maybe a slightly exaggerated version yeah, yeah. or whatever I don't it it depends on what you want to sh- show mm. on stage. But um, a lot of it is about the breathing. We talk a lot about breathing and slowing everything down and attention to detail. Mm. Um, it's all about the attention to detail at Crazy Horse. They, um, you know, that before we go on stage, they, they polish the, the soles of our shoes, which never, you know, that's because oh, that's, that's really going to be, yeah, it's going to, that's the kind of, that's how close the audience are yeah, and what they yeah. get to see. So it's really interesting to be part of a show that, um, does show such attention to detail yeah, but it's quite hard when you're learning because you really have to go like to the end of your lines mm. um every time you dance and every time you breathe and I give kind of um cabaret classes and stuff and I'm always 
telling the girls and the guys actually to um, just to slow everything down and everything to come from the breath. Um, to, the movements should all come from like this kind of fire in your tummy. And um, if you use that breath, then it kind of everything does get the, the it brings a sensuality through. Yeah. I don't know. Like a texture to it, someone. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Even just imagine sitting face to face with someone and both of you kind of just, just looking into each other's eyes and just breathing really slowly um and deeply. You can kind of imagine the tension and um that, that builds and that's kind of where I come to try and come from yeah. when I'm dancing. Obviously, you've not always got time and you, you're obviously <laughs> thinking about there's other layers to it too. But a lot of it does come from the breath, I feel. And that we're taught that as well. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. And, uh, and you're so right when you say the details and the subtleties. Like my experience with, with like being sexy is is quite like there's not it's not much um but I, I had experience especially last year when I was on a cruise ship and I remember really struggling and I'd analyze other dancers and I go right what is it how come she does that and it looks so much better than when I do it but it's mm. yourself and you have to just work on yourself and take that time to to think of your body and what looks good on you and it is it's those details that are just so underestimated but that's what goes into like the finished product and what gives that you know illusion as a as an entirety yeah you as you say inspire be, let yourself be inspired by mm. the other dancers around you um and try things out use use the mirrors that you have in studios to try and find out what looks and feels good on your body and usually if it feels good it looks good too like yes, when it yeah. feels a bit awkward it probably is <laughs> but there's there's loads of different um things that we we're taught when we start crazy horse for example they like their their signature is the they call it the combre which is the arch back mm. um so it's quite hard to apply at the beginning because obviously with the, everyone's classical training you're used yeah. to doing the opposite um but so yeah the, the arch back is really just to really um emphasize the woman's curves yeah, so okay. um even like girls with a smaller chest um really like opening the shoulders and arching the back really really um helps to to put the body in a certain position which puts it to its full advantage mm. and um and so we really really concentrate on this combre on this arch back in whatever we're doing at crazy horse um literally from the beginning of the show to the end we're always in this yeah. position which obviously has problems as well because it's very bad for your back yeah i can't imagine um, that's too comfortable yeah no it's really uncomfortable and obviously when you do arch your back you your tummy tends to stick out as well so it's kind of getting the arch back but tucking your tummy pulling your tummy in at the mm. same time so there's lots of different elements to it but yeah they they teach us how to move and it's quite there's quite a lot of crazy horse signature yeah. ways of moving um which are really specific to the show so mm. yeah that's why we do have two months of training oh that's before interesting we, before we go on yeah on that's stage good because right. i guess have you i mean yeah it's like you're saying you're taught a lot but did you find that way of moving relatively natural was it relatively easy for you to kind of to emulate that sexiness um to a certain extent mm. i mean it, a little bit but then it's so out of the ordinary it's so different okay. from what anything that you really ever learned before because really? we're just not taught that at college and kind of rightly so I mean it's not really a style <laughs> in itself yeah, you know it's yeah. not like posse style or anything mm. that, that everyone's so 
aware of um it's really a specific style but you, it's and it's really extreme so yeah. no it was really difficult to learn not just for me I think everyone has a lot of um problems learning it I mean some pick it up easier than others but yeah. I mean still it's still painful for pretty much everyone mm. and takes a while to get used to um and even now like when the manager watches the show which is every night like they're often coming back and telling us like we need to arch more like it's yeah even yeah you never finish it's always more <laughs> it was just it's just a long story long yeah and never ending story but um that's their style so you know yeah. you have to and everything like we've talked about all these details and how much training and stuff goes into it you must though come across a lot of people who don't understand what you do and maybe judge you for it or, or try and minimize what it takes to do what you do like how do you combat that how do you deal with people underestimating you um just by explaining really mm. I don't think um I think it's it's getting better people do understand more these days what um, dancers go through yeah um, I actually watched was it yesterday or the day before something on BBC four I think it was about the male dancers at the Royal Ballet mm, yeah um, for that. Um, boys at the how, mm. yes exactly and how like dancers are athletes and so it's kind of getting more and more known um, I just try and explain I mean I don't know anything about investment banking so I would <laughs> true. you know if I was I wouldn't make any comments about what they do and yeah. I would ask questions and kind of just try and educate myself in that way and so if I if anyone asks me any questions I'd try and tell them but um yeah it's 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 people especially in England, kind of getting more used to it. It's coming, yeah. there's, there are cabaret shows now starting a little bit in England mm. and um, variety shows are try, including kind of more cabaret burlesque type acts these days. So in France, it's kind of easier because they're much more used to... Yeah, it's far more like, sewn into their culture, isn't it? Yeah, maybe in Germany as well. I don't mm. know. Um, yeah it's no it's the same and I I really recognize the show that we do here in Berlin doesn't exist in London and I don't know how well it would do I I think it yeah it says a lot about like English culture and I guess we have got this sort of reputation for being a bit like awkward and a sort of stiffness and a bit Mm. prudish which I don't really know where that comes from to be honest and I guess probably worth doing some more digging but it's really interesting how yeah these things are far more accepted and enjoyed Mm. and yeah just seen more and it's not as shocking as maybe it would be if it if this our shows were to come to to London mm. yeah no it's true I and mean, it's just about getting audiences used to that kind of thing yeah. I do think it's coming through I don't know if you know this the show called La Soiree yes um, yeah. but that's been in London mm. several times and it's got nudity and it's, well, it's a it's a variety show because there's yeah. all sorts in it but it does include nudity quite often mm. and English people love that show like it always is really really successful and the audiences are great and there's Mm. always standing ovations so I just think it's just a question of getting people yeah it's always going to be a bit like shocking and taboo at the beginning but yeah once it's sort of like widely accepted and seen it's it's that'll kind of numb a little bit yeah and um, it's, it's, it's coming more you know obviously in, in London now there's lots of burlesque show even mm. not just London actually um, many cities in, in in England sorry they are having a lot more yeah. burlesque cult, cabaret culture coming through mm. so um, yeah no, no it's good it's, it's good. positive changes um, yeah. and 
on a bad day when you like are not motivated, you maybe don't want to take your clothes off, you're not feeling super, super sexy. How do you deal with that? Because it's a lot to ask for a woman to say, be absolutely ravishing every single day, please. So like, how do you cope with that? And what are your like techniques to kind of take yourself from feeling like a bit of a couch potato to like this super sexy creature? Um, I just put a, a little bit more concealer on. <laughs> Maybe if you're feeling love like a bit that. of concealer. <laughs> yeah, it starts um, starts in the makeup. Yeah. Um, I can't. I, I've I've. It's hard to say because I just love being on that stage yeah, so much, yeah. and there obviously are moments which when I feel under the weather or whatever, mm. and I don't feel like going on. But it's strange. It's kind of like as soon as you get on stage everything kind of disappears yeah um, no, I totally get that it's it's hard like especially with the back arching like around mm. the time of the month let's say <laughs> like when you don't want to be arching that back yeah like, definitely lady. um you just have to remind yourself I think um how lucky I know it sounds a bit cheesy what I'm gonna say but you mm. have to I like remind myself like this is my, my dream show like I love the yeah, show so much yeah. the audience have paid to come and see and especially after having talked to a lot of crazy horse fans mm. they a lot of people have been saving up for years oh, to come God. to a trip Lovely. to Paris or whatever and their their dream the ultimate dream is to come and see the crazy horse show mm. and it's your job to try and help them fulfill that dream and try and make it as special as it possibly can as you possibly can for them so you just kind of just kind of grit my teeth and get get on with it like it's um there's much worse places to be (laughs) and people people, no it's so true and I think it then becomes more of like okay this is like a gift it's the act of doing it it's like you know I want to like you said I want to fulfill this for other people and and if you're not feeling it it's like but this is your job like you are doing a lot for people that you actually don't realize yeah and you just um I mean it's horrible to say but it is actually the truth is sometimes you do go on to autopilot a little bit yeah yeah we know the the choreography that we know the show off by mm. heart we've been doing it for many many years so you just kind of go on and do your thing and then think it only lasts for you know, the show's like an hour and 45 mm. it's your job you're getting paid to do that so just go on and do it no it's and, true and it's like the reality of it like you can't like you said I know that we are super lucky and super grateful, but like, like anybody else, people get tired and, and like exhausted of their job. Like not every day people skip into offices. Like it's okay to be like, yeah, like say go into yeah. autopilot and do what you have to do because then that like excitement, then the buzz and the like glitter and stuff does mm. come back. But the reality is it, yeah. it's not there every day. Yeah. And, um, we actually, I also feel that like we're really lucky to have our colleagues around us as well. Cause mm. often when you, go in, into an office situation feeling a bit down or whatever and everyone's kind of working away quietly it's it's I imagine yeah. it must be hard to try and get your morale up where as soon yeah. as I go into the dressing rooms it's like really um explosive environment mm. like everyone it's is a team chatting. isn't it everyone, yeah exactly everyone's really excited or you know people are telling stories about how their day was going what there's always something going on and it's really really fun environment all the time so that kind of boosts your your mood straight away mm. so um so yeah no so it's okay it's uh, <laughs> there are worse places yeah <laughs> and when you first started I have to ask what did your family think of it like you know when your family came over and saw you or if they have seen you what did they think of, of your work there 
Um, I'm really lucky in that my family are very open-minded and cool and mm. um, I think they realised straight away well after having doing, done a few Google searches um, <laughs> how, what the show was about mm. and that obviously it's not like a strip show no, it's like no, a really yeah. classy um, very well um, reputed company yeah it's very well thought and, of definitely. Um, yeah especially in France it's got a great reputation and so they came over and saw it straight away um, and totally understood. Like, as mm. soon as you go into the Crazy Horse, you realise it is like a luxury kind of show. Yeah, it's a luxury yeah. environment. It's a beautiful setting. It's uh, in the mid, like the middle of the 8th mm. rondissement in Paris, which is very one of the poshest areas. Mm. And it's a beautiful, intimate theatre. And so they, they got it straight away. They knew what it was yeah. about. And they knew it was my dream to do that. So they were happy for me and um we were lucky enough to tour in london so um oh, wow. when we came to london obviously more of my family could come and see it mm. like my grandparents came my, my granddad actually came with his binoculars which, oh. <laughs> which they've got confiscated. confiscated oh my god what a faux pas <laughs> i know it was quite hilarious but he obviously he didn't know bless him um <laughs> and um so yeah no everyone came when my little brothers came um oh. it must have maybe been a bit tough like seeing the sister like that and so I really like I thank them for coming and <laughs> yeah no it really can't be easy it's just uh, that's just the nature of it but um no everyone was really supportive and and they did their best to understand what it was about the mm. history of the show and mm. to see and then they all came and saw so I'm lucky but I mean it's not everyone's parents are like that yeah. some of the girls um like some of their fathers haven't come to see the show yeah because um, they just didn't want to really see their daughter in that way but that's you know personal choice and that's mm. a very small majority actually to be fair really okay that's yeah. that's nice to hear no yeah. I definitely hear that like my experience I, I was just wearing like a thong it wasn't you know even that much but I remember just feeling again when my parents came and saw me anxious and nervous and like you said it was like you know your little girl but I guess it kind of ties in what you were saying earlier. For me, it was like, oh, well, I'm not your little girl on the stage. I am a dancer. I'm like an actress. I'm being someone else. So like, you know, if you, if I was an actress, you could see me in a, in a sexy role in a film and maybe you wouldn't think of me that way. Or if I was a model, I could be wearing next to nothing on a big billboard and it would kind of be okay. But I guess it's the closeness and maybe the fact that it's live kind of gives it that more like, oh my God, it's, it's you. Like your family would be watching yeah. you going, it's Jess right there. But yeah. you know, it's the whole production of it, like you said, like knowing what an, a huge company, what a big deal it is just to be there kind of goes yeah. into, it's like, you know what, they're just more happy for you and, and can see that you're living your dream. Yeah. And then my family really into the arts. My two, I've got twin brothers and they're dancers as well. So oh, amazing. Oh, that's great. They, yeah everyone's into the arts and so they they know what it was about yeah. so yeah oh, lucky brilliant. in that way but yeah it's not the case for everyone no no that's lovely and um obviously you've you know you've said we've been at crazy horse for nine years now when you first joined did you know like i guess you said you even before joining you knew you wanted to be there but when you actually were there and experiencing and kind of i guess the novelty wore off did you know that you would stay there for, for you know till now or, or did you think that at that point in your life that you would move and maybe have other experiences or did you just know that that was it and you wanted to kind of have your career there mm. no I didn't know I was going to stay this long but I didn't I just didn't say think anything yeah I didn't okay. try and think about the future at all I just was kind of living for the moment and having mm. an amazing time and I just always thought to myself that when I'm bored of it and I don't want to be there anymore, then I'll leave. <laughs> so and that hasn't happened yet. Oh, so that's good though. That's the, that's the goal, yeah. isn't it? 
exactly that's what I thought like it's just we've been on tour a lot as well and so mm. we've traveled a lot with the show we've been to some incredible places mm. so it's not um it's, it's never a dull moment we're always yeah. moving around we're always doing something and I, I'm um on a they call it in CDD in, in France but it's like um a non-permanent contract which means in between contracts I can do other things oh, okay so I've had, that flexibility um, yeah I've had flexibility and I've been able to do lots of other jobs um like nothing is major like not a huge show like crazy mm. but still other th- other jobs so I've just never got bored with my life and um and with my job so um yeah I'll keep going <laughs> no and and it's a lot to be said from that and I think that's something I'm kind of realizing now that I think I well I'm pretty sure I know that I want to stay where I am but it's I guess for me, it's the security of having a job and have, being able to have like a normal life around it. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be a freelancer in London. And and that's great. And I really admire people who kind of can have that, you know, more yeah. flexible free lifestyle. But actually, I think for me, I, I need to know like what I'll be doing next year and the year after. So it, it is great when you find yourself in the job that keeps you busy, but you have that security. Yeah, it's quite rare for a dancer to be able to have that. So um mm so it's 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 nice i mean there's there's a i think maybe you have slightly more stability because you have longer contracts because ours are only kind of a few weeks or possibly month at a time okay um but still like we've i've been in the company and managed to be there for nine years so yeah, i think it's it. there's there is some kind of stability there even though if we don't know necessarily what the next six months are going to look like um mm it's still yeah it's still nice and, and actually France have a really great scheme for um for dancers and technicians working in the arts mm. um which helps us as well if we do have any months that we aren't so aren't so full so yeah we're lucky to have that oh, that's great and I guess being in the same place for so long like you said you've been able to kind of I guess, build your relationships and build like friendships and stuff like that but also your dancing maturing under you know the under crazy horse in that field how has your performance changed as you've got older have you do you notice yourself differ and change as you've matured yeah definitely like I feel so much more confident now as a dancer and especially as a crazy horse dancer than I did even five years ago really uh, takes so long to like kind of get their style into your body that I really only feel like that the last few years I've, I've actually been like 100% in it yeah um it's when you first start you you've literally just had this kind of st- new style thrown at you yeah. you're often quite young and you're just doing your best and um it's fine but you kind of grow up and mature there and that's why there are so many dancers there which have stayed so long because you only get to like that feel like you're at that certain maturity point it's different for everyone but it takes years and years Mm. so um often you know it's only after five years there that you actually feel like you actually are on it and where you want to be so um so yeah just being around the other girls seeing them um trying to find trying to adapt the style to your body whilst being true to the style um it takes yeah it does take a long time so I do I do feel like now I mean I've definitely not stopped learning I'm still Mm. going um but yeah I just feel much more confident recently the last few years than than ever before 
Yeah, that's nice. And I guess it's, it's nice that, yeah, like you said, that you're not learning and that you're sorry, not like, you're not stopped learning and you're continuously mm. growing and maturing as an artist. Mm. Has doing what you do and the demand and I guess the expectation of your, of your body and what you look like, has that changed your relationship with your body? And I guess like, you know, dieting and food and exercise, have you seen a difference working where you are and that relationship change? Yeah, I feel like um, I've actually become less obsessive I've never been an Mm. obsessive person um even when I was in college but I did um I was kind of aware of what other people look like Mm. and um trying to I was kind of vaguely comparing myself to them and as I've grown up and understood more about my body I've kind of become less and less like more and more carefree let's say yeah I've I, I kind of know how my body works by heart. I know how many, what I need to eat, what, how much exercise I need to do. And so I've managed to find that kind of balance, um, which is quite hard to find often as a dancer because mm. people tend to do things in the extreme, such as dieting yeah. and things and exercise. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I, I've managed to find that. And I'm really just one of these people who just tries to think like as l- less as little as possible about it yeah, all um, yeah. I think as soon as you in your head um you start to obsess over weight etc it's kind of like a it just gives you a mental and physical block so yeah. I try try not to I just kind of I do look in the mirror at my body and I identify things I like and that I don't like and I try and change the things that I don't like and mm. um that probably involves a bit more exercise a bit more cardio or whatever mm. and I just kind of adapt like on a monthly basis let's say yeah. every few weeks so um yeah it's helped me by like being crazy horses helped me in that way because you realize that there's no normal I mean I've never really seen like a naked girl other than myself <laughs> um before going there and then suddenly you find yourself in a dressing room with yeah. 15 other naked girls and you realize that there's no not two girls are the same yeah so you so suddenly true. like all these worries that you had about yourself being weird or whatever even down to like intimate parts that kind of mm. thing you suddenly realize that there is no normal and it makes you feel so reassured and just think oh it's actually amazing that everyone's so different <laughs> and yeah we all like obviously talk about so much stuff like girly stuff in the mm. in the dressing rooms as you probably do as well yeah. and it just makes you feel like just reassures you just like having a group of like 15 20 girlfriends with you all the time and yeah. you can just talk about we're so free to talk about whatever we want and to compare things and mm. like body parts and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and like eating like what we eat and we just need to realize that like there's one girl that eats cheese all the time I'm not joking and she's tiny and you (laughs) you just think like that's just her metabolism there's no point in even like trying to be like her or not be like her or whatever because she that's just how she is and that's that's what works for her she doesn't do any exercise apart from the show um that's just how it is for her there's like that's like I'm really happy for her in that Mm. way (laughs) it's great to be you yeah if I choose all the time and didn't do any exercise, I would not look like that. Oh, God, um, and you'd feel and, awful. Oh my God, I cannot imagine. That's like the yeah. most French thing in the world. <laughs> I know, exactly. No, she is French. And, yeah. and, and there's one girl that, um, there's another girl that does like loads of exercise all the time and eats amazingly. And it's not one of the smallest yeah. girls in the tree. You know, that's just how it is. Like, yeah. 
it's just about she has an amazing body um just as much as anyone else like she mm-hmm. and that's just her way of yeah no I think it's so true and you've almost just got to like yeah like you have to set your own rules and decide what works for you and yeah as best as you can not compare that to to other girls because yeah like no one knows your body as well as you know your body and and sometimes that's like that's can be quite bad because yeah like you said you obsess over the small thing but actually in reality like it's not like everyone has the same like barbie doll figure and then you're the only one that's different everyone's body is different and so it doesn't like and when you see a big group of people that actually kind of makes everyone's body the same because everyone's different so yeah you obsess and obsess but actually you just kind of yeah like go with what you have that's definitely something I've learned is like times when I've been obsessing over my body I think I'm like doing the healthy thing and I think I'm like really interested in showing like uh, an enthusiasm towards that but I'm actually like you know what I don't think you should care that much about like Mm. what goes in like there's far bigger issues in life and there's much more things we can be talking about and I'm worth than you know what goes in (laughs) yeah exactly and just the more sometimes you obsess about it the harder it is for your body I don't know why it is but like you know when you try and lose weight you can't and then something (laughs) happens you don't know why we just wake up Mm. and suddenly realize that you have lost weight and I'm talking about losing weight but a lot of people are trying to gain weight yeah that's so true I don't want to discriminate in Mm. in that way we're talking about that because we're dancers but I mean a lot of people have um, a lot of dancers even have the opposite problem um so when you try and think about things too much often it doesn't work so yeah no it's so true just try and breathe and and chill (laughs) breathing uh, is the key thing here (laughs) exactly is actually it's like it's maybe it comes from a bit from my yoga Mm. background but yeah it does it does help a lot um but yeah just just try and know yourself know what works for you what doesn't work for you and try and find a, a good balance yeah happy medium oh great yeah. and so we talked about performing in your life in Paris at the minute but what is your kind of perspective and your kind of things you're looking forward to after you're performing do you have any goals in mind do you have that kind of second career I know that sounds ridiculous and I hate even acknowledging that my life as a dancer has to end at some point but what do you think about your life after dancing um I always think it's quite a hard question to answer as a dancer because the next step is going to be less probably and we have to accept this probably going to be less exciting Mm. than the one that we've taken before because we all live our passions and have we're lucky enough to do that every day and the adrenaline that you get from the stage and performing is such a strong emotion that I think we have to mentally prepare ourselves for the next step and think okay it's going to be something different but and we may not get that rush anymore but it's still you still have to choose something that you enjoy but because we've lived like our number one passion it's quite hard to step down to kind of number two yeah I Um, completely agree so um I am excited but also kind of nervous um going forward because I just don't I I, I'm I'm worried about what I've just what I just said really I'm worried that I'm not gonna have that same drive to do the next thing as I will to do the dancing um what I found out is that I really loved um sharing the passion that I have and sharing the skills that I learned at Crazy Horse I get lots of questions kind of on social media and stuff about um how we appear so confident and sexy and that kind of a lot of questions about the body so I think what I'm going to go into next is kind of um 
kind of teaching, kind of coaching, that kind of thing, but really sharing the knowledge that I've learned at Crazy Horse and all the other jobs that I've done about um, confidence. So I've, been, I've started doing uh, like body confidence and cabaret workshops in Paris and actually worldwide. I've done a lot of them. I've done a few in Asia as well, a few others in Europe, in London, Prague, um, south of France. And it's just really about sharing um, the body positions that we put ourselves in when we're at crazy to try and feel like a hundred percent had to how try and put the body in its best light and find the best angles and that kind of thing and it's psychological as well as physical so um yeah I think I'm going to be getting into that side of things coaching a bit of fitness as well I'm a yoga teacher so I've been doing yoga classes I'm doing my personal training course so it's going to stay in the same kind of area yeah but um all to do with you know body fitness health life health but um yeah just not on stage anymore yeah no and it's so true what you said it's that kind of I feel the same and actually like this another fuel for the podcast is like I want to learn as much as I can about people and their opinion on on leaving the dance on their second career because for me to find to think of anything that I would love as much as I love dancing it just seems impossible and mm. not only that I would, I'm exhausted I'm so tired yeah. the prospect of having to like do this all over again for another career that I probably won't care about as much I don't know how you do it so yeah. I totally agree with you it's something to be able to share what you've learned over a lifetime over like such you know a highly skilled career you know you didn't this is you've really honed your skills is um I think it's just the way to go about it and it's lovely actually it's a really good thing to do I think especially about the the confidence and stuff like that because mm. I and I felt the same when I started like doing that sexy stuff as I was like oh I just look rubbish and I feel rubbish and I would just kind of go into that spiral but actually it does take a lot of work and if you go into it expecting you're not going to get it first time and expecting that you're not going to like the girl to the left of you who's like super sexy and can like do it really easily you kind of you can work on it then and not expect it to happen overnight and therefore will feel better about yourself when you do get it rather than just being disappointed it hasn't happened immediately mm. exactly no I think you're I think you're right about that it's especially at a young age in college when we're kind of looking for our jobs there is a lot of comparison going on and you do look at your neighbor and you don't have the confidence necessarily to know what you want or be able to put it onto your body because sometimes mm -hmm. it is a question of like copying and adapting and that kind of thing so um I would love to go into colleges and stuff and try and um speak to the students and dance with them and try and make them feel a bit better even if it's not necessarily for cabaret afterwards but just in general to try and make the um the students boys and girls feel a bit better about themselves and try to stop comparing in a world where we do actually compare all the time and we kind of have to Mm, no that's so lovely and I think like I would have loved oh my goodness like to have had you come in and actually give me an understanding and just like the basis is of like what will look good and like you said the highlights and the shadows mm. and all that sort of thing it's so much more yeah. intricate than you think so that'd yeah. be a really exciting thing oh how clever <laughs> <laughs> and last question the one I ask all my guests is if you could meet your younger self, you know, she's watching Crazy Horse or maybe you meet her in college, what would, what do you say to her? What would be the one piece of advice you would want to prepare her for and, and share with her? I would probably say, um, just do it. <laughs> that sounds a bit of a cliche phrase. I might have to ask Nike for a copyright. <laughs> Other brands are available. Um, <laughs> But just we've put so many barriers in our way because kind of scared about what people 
will think of you and uh, even like family and friends that even though they can be the most supportive you always think oh what you know what can I do just do it just do do the auditions do the classes do whatever makes you happy or makes you learn more about yourself and just go for it straight away these workshops for example I was I hesitated for a couple of years before doing them because I thought no one would be really interested or I don't know I don't know I'm just making up silly reasons really but then once I did start doing them I really got into it and really loved it and there's loads of people interested and I was like oh why did I not do this before and the same with the dance if you're having doubts about a show you think you're not good enough or something like that I would say to myself or to any young dancer just do it go go to the audition or get the training in go to the gym if you need to like work up your stamina or something do whatever it takes and just don't think about it just some we overanalyze and we overthink stuff so much because we're probably scared of failure or other reasons I would say just just do it Mm, no that's lovely and I think you're right such a simple sentiment I think can go a long way so thank you so much for chatting to me Jess I really got into a lot of good things and I'm super excited to kind of see what you do next and I'm going to try to put myself onto one of those workshops (laughs) Um, but thank you so much and have a great day thank you thank you so much